Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I'm your host, Chip Hazard. I'm Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And today, ladies and gentlemen, is a bit of a somber episode. Um, now, originally for today's uh, show, we were going to bring to you our latest edition of Rock Retrospective of the band Corn. However, we are going to push that back another week uh, due to current events. Um, the hip hop world has lost probably one of the one of the, probably one of the biggest names in the hip hop, uh, according to most people. Um, Earl Simmons, aka DMX, has passed away. Uh, passed, passing away on April 9th of 2021. Um, he was 50 years old, died in White Plains, New York. Um, and this was just after he suffered a heart attack due to a drug overdose. Um, uh, an apparent drug overdose. An apparent drug overdose, excuse me. Um, you know, it, it's hard. Like it, it, I, you know, because we did the tribute to Kobe. We did the tribute to Sid Haig. You know, we... We always want to get, you know, it sucks that, you know, we couldn't give, you know, uh, DMX flowers when he was here. Um, but I'll go ahead and I'll just kick it off with you with a question to you guys first. When was the first time you ever heard DMX? Roger, we'll kick it with you. Kick, with, kick it to you. Oh, no, I was super young. Uh, um, um, I just remember... Um, I, all my brothers had all his CDs, so I don't know exactly when, but like the first time I like, like knew, knew who it was, was probably when I heard uh rough rider anthem. Right. That, that had to have been in 98. Cause that was on his first album. Yeah. Like I'm trying to remember like how <laughs> young I was, but yeah, <laughs> I was definitely before I was 10. Yeah. Right. Jay, what about you? Oh, it, it, it was definitely in 98 when, when he, uh, released the rough riders anthem. Like that shit was just banging. I right. mean, <clears throat> I, I I was actually listening to it today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, believe it or not, I the first time I heard DMX wasn't um, during this time in nineteen ninety eight. It was the same year in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, the first time I heard DMX was actually um, I was over at uh, my aunt Shelby's house, um, Jesse's mom's house, and. Um, Zach was listening to a CD, and I'm like, what are you listening to? He goes, well, this is DMX. Have you ever heard of him? I'm like, no, I've never heard DMX before. And the first song that I ever heard by DMX was the song Bring Your Whole Crew. And I was like, okay. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I have, may have to go back to it. The first thing I heard from him, from DMX was, I got blood on my hands because of no remorse. I got blood on my dick because I fucked the corpse. Like, who the fuck is this guy, you know? Um and then he let me borrow the CD, <laughs> flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood, and um, I listened to it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And that's when I heard the song "Slipping" for the very first time, and I was like, "Oh, I like I like this song," you know. Um, so, so that was his second album. Uh, yeah, well, it, it, it's ironic because both of his his first two albums dropped in the same year. Uh, mm -hmm. It's "Dark and Hell Is Hot" dropped in May of 1998, and "Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood" dropped in december, december of 1998 so very weird rare that you drop two lps in the same year you know so that's that's different. not only that not only that they both went platinum both yeah both in the same uh, year yeah Crazy. so uh i think it, it's the it, only person to do that he's the only he well he was the only living person to uh 
have two albums go platinum in the same year. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is basically, this whole episode is going to be dedicated to Mr. Earl Simmons, a.k.a. Darkman X, a.k.a. DMX, and this is um, the life and times of Mr. Earl Simmons. Um, for, for, for those of you unaware, which by this time I'm sure a lot of you were aware, um, but, you know, DMX, for those of you who don't know, is a was a American hip hop artist, uh, songwriter, and he was an actor. Uh, he began rapping in early 1990 uh, and released his debut album, As Dark as Hell's High, like we just said, in 1998, uh, to both critical acclaim and commercial success, selling 251,000 copies within the first week's release. Um, DMX re- uh, released his best selling album, and then there was X in 1999 which included the song Party Up, which I think everybody knows that song. Um, and then in 2003, he had the song uh, Where the Hood At and X Gonna Give It To You were very much commercially successful. Uh, he was the first artist to debut at debut an album at number one five times in a row on the Billboard 200 charts, and overall he has sold 74 million records worldwide. And DMX was featured in such films such as Belly, Romeo Must Die, uh, Exit Wound, one of my favorite movies, Cradle to the Grave, and The Last Hour. In 1990, I'm sorry, in 2006, he starred in a reality TV show called DMX Soul of a Man, which was primarily aired on BET. And in 2003, he published a book of his memoirs entitled Earl, the Autobiography of DMX. Um, missed another movie in there is Never Die Alone. Never Die Alone, yeah. Was, yeah. Well, I'm just reading the blurb that's in front of me. I apologize. Yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's crazy that, you know, like we, like we, I, I was, you know, we were just talking about the other day is like, it, you know, cause we, everyone was, you know, very heartbroken and sad over the news of his passing and you would still hear people talk about, you know, you know, he was. You know, he, he was a drug addict, and he was a criminal, and he had all these different things, and it's like, sh- shut the fuck up. You know, like, the man is dead, his family's grieving, his family's in mourning. Like, now's not the time for you to be some fucking, you know, socially conscious person. Like, shut the fuck up and let, you know, people grieve. Like, I, I, I fucking hate those people. But anyway. So. All right. Yeah, so, uh. You know, DMX actually started uh, in the music industry at the age of 14. Did you guys know that? Um, I, I didn't know that. Not, no. no. <laughs> yeah, he, he was actually, uh, <clears throat> he beatboxed for a, a guy named Reddy Ron mm-hmm. after, after serving time in prison for stealing a dog, uh, <clears throat> which, is, which is crazy to think, you know. Uh, at the age of 14 you, you, he went to prison for stealing a, a dog a dog really a dog yeah they um, get you one way or another yeah so uh in in 91 the source magazine praised dmx in its unsigned hype column that highlighted unsigned hip-hop artists and in 92 columbia records signed him to its subsidiary to its subsidiary uh, label Rough House Records, which released his debut single "Born Loser," 
He then released his second single, Make a Move, in 94, and made a guest appearance along Jay-Z, Ja Rule, and Mike Geronimo on the classic underground track, Time to Build, on Mike Geronimo's debut album in 95. Okay. Uh, this was also right around the time that uh, Jay-Z, Ja Rule, and him formed a group called Murder, Inc. Well, Irv Gotti? No, this is uh, <laughs> this this is actually pre Irv Gotti. Uh, so the three of them, but there was uh, there was beef, like almost from the get go, mm-hmm. with uh, between uh, DMX and Jay Z over a rap battle that had happened, uh, where uh, like they just they had it this rap battle. And uh, X just, he wasn't happy with it. And there was this long-standing beef. Up until he died, um, so uh, right before he passed away, he had actually posted a video on his Instagram where he wanted to battle rap Jay-Z on Versus. Oh, wow. Uh, We obviously know that's not going to happen, but... right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, <clears throat> that first album, you you guys remember it? It's dark and hell is hot. Yeah. Uh, aside from the Rough Riders anthem, like, what would you say was some of the best songs on that album, in your opinion? Uh, my favorite one was actually intro to be honest the intro was fire like that's the best intro song on an album i can think of right um i like um i like the song um get at me dog with a uh, chic lope um also stop me and greedy is another good one that he had on the album um aside from songs that like aren't singles i don't know i like i guess the first time See, is this the is this no, that's not it's the next it's the next album that's got one of my favorite songs on him. Um Yeah, because because this is when look when you you hear this and you hear all the street shit, you know, not everything, and then you get to track number seventeen and he's praying. And then the following song afterwards, the convo you know, almost like he's, you know, having a conversation with God. Like he has, like he, he would have like a, a pseudo gospel type feel to, you know, almost closer to the end of the album, you know, of the, uh, which, which is interesting that he entitled the album, it's dark and hell is hot. And then had the, you know, almost like a gospel, almost, you know, track on at the, at the very end, you know, um, did you guys ever listen to that uh, song, The Convo? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I listened to the whole album. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, so uh, that's some of my favorites. So so one of my favorites is a non-single. Uh, it's called uh, Let Me Fly. You guys yeah, remember yeah, that I, one? I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 I was just, li- just <laughs> trying to listen to you. Oh, my fault. Uh yeah, so uh <clears throat> you know, the the chorus itself 
like really resonates with me is that either let me fly or give me death let my soul rest take my breath if i don't fly i'm gonna die anyway i'm gonna live on but i'll be gone any day like shit is is that not like that's off his first album but i mean it kind of fits in with his his passing yeah you yeah know? yeah almost almost like it, it's so strange because like every album that he did that, that he did it was always referencing like it was always referencing something greater like it was always referencing like a later um like event or something like that like almost like he's you know kind of like predicting you know where his life's gonna go and things of that nature like it's 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 strange because he's he often spoke very cryptically about uh death and you know things of that nature you know and you could tell it you could tell it much more in later albums but it was definitely you know something you got right. just right off the riff with new stuff or with with, with the older stuff so yeah I, I think what uh one of the things that um drew me to dmx was that like on every album he had a, a song where he was basically preaching yes yeah well i mean most of the a lot of his early stuff like his first two albums are definitely like a a spiritual like as title right um like a conversation of his like it was faith kind of thing right um it's dark and hell is hard flesh of my flesh blood of my blood i mean obviously um and then later on in his career you know he obviously turns to gospel and everything so right yeah um um, like if we if we if we can touch on that like just just for a minute because um, back in 2000 I'm sorry like he recorded a track in uh, September of 1996 and to from September to, to January of 98 uh, for the debut album uh, during the time he made guest appearances on Mesa's single uh, 24 hours to live and take what's yours um, he was on a he was on the money power respect uh, song for featuring what uh, uh, by the locks it was featuring dmx um ll cool j's uh 4321 uh created a strong buzz for him and he was still unsigned at that point and then in february of 98 he was released he released uh his first major label single which was get at me dog uh on def jam and the single uh received a um record industry social america certificate of gold at that point so it was already gold um, and then this, the first album, which we just we just talked about, is "Dark and Hell Is Hot," um, included the Rough Riders anthem was, and it was released in May of '98. And the album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 charts in the U.S. and sold over five million copies. Like for your first like major major like I mean yeah, "Get at Me Dog" was good, but like the Rough Riders anthem, the first major the the, the first single off of your debut album hits five million sold. Like that's unprecedented, you know. And then in ninety, and then for the follow up in December of ninety eight, when he's when is which is when he released uh, "Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood," and it debuted at number one also and went multi platinum as well. Um, do you guys? Um, what are what are some of your memories of "Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood"? I mean, I always remember the cover, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it surprises me that the cover wasn't censored. 
in a sense because i mean why why would it be because of sensitive sensitive, sensitive ass people who's like oh my god he's covered in blood you know this is the 90s bro yeah this <laughs> oh, is yeah, the 90s pretty, it was the 90s yeah i'm sure tipper gore wasn't too happy <laughs> um, you know uh my my two favorite songs on on this album was um the omen which was uh, a sequel to a song on his first album damien 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 yep yep uh, and this one actually featured Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Uh, and then the very next song, Slippin'. Yeah. Those are my two favorite songs off the second album. I mean, the whole album is fire, but... Yes. Um, uh, I mean, mine's Blackout, and... Uh, I don't know, there's a lot on this one. But yeah. Blackout's probably the one that stands out the most to me. I mean, it had the locks, and I was still a big locks fan back in the 90s. Yeah, it had right. Jay-Z and the locks on it. Yeah, uh, I was a big fan of the song "Bring Your Whole Crew." I was a fan of uh, "We Don't Give a Fuck" featuring Jada Kiss and Styles P. Um, but my favorite song on the whole album was "Ready to Meet Him." Uh, that was the. Uh, it started off with the prayer, and then it started off with him basically having a conversation with with the Lord. You know, um, and it was yeah, you know, and if you think about it, just listen to the chorus, j- just the chorus. I'm ready to meet him because where I'm living ain't right. Black hate white, white hate black, and it's right back to the same fight. They got us suspecting a war, but the real war is to follow the law of the Lord. And how apropos it is that a lyric like that can still speak volumes in the year 2021. Like, almost very uh, prophetic I would, of the max. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, w- I would say it probably speaks volume more now than it did then. Right. And just yeah, my personal opinion. No, 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 no. I agree. I agree with that opinion. Um, you know, and it, it basically the whole song was basically him talking to God, you know, like I remember the first part he goes, my child, I'm here as I've always been. It was you who went away and now I'm back again. What did I say? Follow your word and be true. What did you do? Well, what I wanted to do. What have you seen? Darkness and hell at every glance. What do you want? I just want to give, I just want you to give me another chance. Like, that the, the the conversation because i believe that this song i believe i mean this is just me personally i believe this song is a very very telling to what a lot of people who are believers go through because you can be the you know there's you can you know you could be the most devout christian in the world everybody because of our human flaw and human emotions we sometimes still doubt you know it's not voluntary you know, but sometimes it creeps up in the back of our mind. You know, it, it happens sometimes, you know, and this is basically, this is basically DMX talking to God, like, what, do, like, you know, like, what, you know, what, what do you want me to do, blah, blah, blah. And then the last verse of it was pretty much, what have you learned? It's better to tell the truth than a lie. What have you learned to love my life? You know, and basically just basically saying, like, what did you learn? And then he's like bouncing off of that. As like the final like in, at the final eight bars of the uh, of the song, and that's where it's coming from. So, um, but the whole time he's like, you know, ready to meet him, you know, and like this, I heard, like, I posted this video up on uh, Facebook the other day, and and I and I said that for whatever reason this song just hit me, you know, for whatever reason like differently that day or whatever. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. Uh, it uh, 
man, it it, it kind of gives me goosebumps now. Yeah. Just like sitting back and listening to it and thinking about it. So. Yeah, like it 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 it, it doesn't seem real. Like that's DMX. DMX ain't supposed to fucking die. Like that's DMX. You know. Um, and I don't know. Like it. It was one of those things where it's like. Because you heard of you know you heard about him having the health issues, going to the hospital and things of that nature, and like you're not thinking. I mean, this is X. I mean, he'll he'll come out of this, no problem, you know. Right. And then he just progressively got worse, you know. Um, and we'll get to that, you know, when we when we do. Um, but Rod, you want to jump in? I mean, yeah, like the whole thing. I was I'm trying to remember that song. Um, those songs to be honest um because the one i didn't really listen to flesh of my flesh that much i don't know why um i just really really remember those three or three or four songs really and i'm trying to go back and try to remember everything while i look at the lyrics um and yeah ready to meet him i do remember it sort of it's the, probably the longest one on that album to be honest yeah but, i think so uh, but no um like i don't know like that one like that one for me was probably not one of my like favorite albums in general by him. Um, it wasn't as strong as um, his first one or his next one. Actually, I think his, uh, his third album was probably his strongest one. Yeah, um, he released it, "Flesh of." I'm sorry, and then there was X on yes. December twenty first, nineteen ninety nine. <coughs> Excuse me. It was his third album to debut at number one. So every album that he's you know created mainstream album that he's created has shot up to number one on the billboard 200 its most popular single was party up we uh, you know up in here because uh it became the first top 10 hit on the r&b charts and was nominated for a grammy award for best rap solo performance at the 2001 grammy awards the album was certified six times platinum and was nominated for Best Rap Album at the 2001 Grammy Awards. In 2000, DMX also made a cameo appearance in the Sum 41 music video, Makes No Difference. Didn't even know that. Which we've talked... I thought we talked about that, though. I don't yeah, think... I thought we talked about that. Did we? Yeah, yeah. Did we? I can't remember. I think we talked about it. Yeah. I can't remember. But nevertheless, um, and then there was X. Um, I, I remember this album probably the most because i remember you know being in <clears throat> you know like this was when i mean that song literally up party up, up up in here was literally everywhere um but anyway what what'd you guys think of this record um i think like i said i think it's the strongest one most like mostly oh, yeah. um just a lot stronger hits um he did also wait a year almost a year to the date to release it from his second album right um, so he had a ton to, you know, polish it, get more stuff down. But, um, I mean, what's my name is probably my favorite one on there. The way just, um, the intro was that piano, just that dark, deep piano, the way it is just, I like that one probably the most on it, but, um, no, there's just a lot of good songs in general yeah. on this album. Uh, just warm from me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was just fixing to say the collab with Cisco. Yeah. You know, what mm-hmm. these bitches want. Yeah. And then good girls want bad guys. Yeah, which I didn't even know that was a bonus out, uh, bonus track. I yep. thought it was on the regular one. Yeah. Oh. Um, but he did a lot more with Swiss Beast in this one than he did 
his previous ones. I think this is when him and Swiss Beats finally started getting that collab finally like down pat. Yeah, because it starts off with that one more road to crawl. Like yeah. any anything I think Swiss Beats is probably one of the most underrated producers, you know, in hip hop. You know, he's definitely yeah, he's he's got notoriety and things of that nature, man, but he's People when people think, oh, name a hip hop producer. Oh, uh, who else? Scott Storch. Scott Storch or <laughs> fucking um, Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Like, I mean, there's so many different people that you can just blaze. You know, people like that. You know, um, but yeah, man, Swiss Beats doesn't get enough credit for just the the incredible Swizzy. production. Yeah, um, but but yeah, um, but yeah, definitely up. Uh, what what are some of the other songs on on this uh, album that you guys probably heard? Like I know we we like the singles and stuff like that. Um, uh, the prayer three. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Make like a move. I said, yeah. Uh, but like I said, you know, that's one of the things that really drew me to. I mean, I I like hip hop in general, but like you hear this dude that's like got this raspy growl and everything, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but then you on that same album you know it's it's him praying and everything it, you know which is almost unheard of for like hip-hop artists at this time because you've got to maintain that street cred and everything you know yeah i mean D, yeah. you know like i said i mean dmx was a christian you know he stated that you know he reads the bible every day uh, while he was actually in jail, DMX stated that he had a purpose for being there. Uh, he said, "I came here to meet somebody. Don't know who it who it was, but I know when I, I'll know when I see him. And I came here to give him a message, and the message is that Jesus loves him." Uh, DMX was a, a, a transitional deacon in the uh, Christian church and aspired to become ordained as a pastor one day. Uh, stating that he received this call in the year 2009 in 2016 he gave a sermon at a church in phoenix arizona and in 20 in april of 2020 he held an online bible study and asked people to accept jesus christ as lord and savior so he definitely had um definitely a religious background and definitely wanted to um you know share his faith with the world um and everyone and there and there were people who called him hypocritical because of all the legal issues that he also had as well as his rap style as where as as far as his beefs go and things of that nature his finances and things of that nature um and i i don't think it's fair to do that to somebody because you know you should not be a you should you should not judge somebody because of what they put out in public that you decide to keep private because we all have we all have skeletons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I um, agree 100%. But after, you know. Well. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so I was going to bring up. Um, so I was wondering, at, like, 2001, like, why that, like, stuck in my head a lot for the, like, year. So you want to know how many albums came out, like, hit albums came out and rap that year? In, two, in the year 2001? Yeah. Oh shit! A ton. Oh god, yeah, yeah. I so mean, I'm gonna I, name off. I'm gonna name off a few. Came out. Of... I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give a name. I'm just gonna name few. Not even gonna name all of them. Just a few. Uh, okay. Project Pat came out with Mr. Don't Play. Okay. Eve came out with Scorpion. Mm. Beat Nuts came out with Take It or Squeeze It. Oh man, Beat Nuts are so great. Trick Daddy, Thugs or Us. Uh, Big Pun, Endangered Species. Uh, Dog Pound came out with Dillinger and Young Gotti. 
Uh, let me look. Miss C. Elliott came out with Miss E, so addictive. Little John Eastside Boys came out with Put Your Hood Up. Pastor Troy with Face Off. Red Man with Malpractice. Sticky Fingers, Black Trash, the autobiography of Kurt Jones. Um, let's see what else. We have Gorillas debuting. D12 Devil's Knights. Cisco's Return of the Dragon. Beanie Siegel's The Reason. Uh, then we have Puff Daddy the Saga Continues. We have, let's see, Nerd in Search of, the first version. Jada Kiss came out with Kiss the Gang Goodbye. Soldier Slim, The Streets Made Me. Juvenile Project English. Uh, RZA, Digital Bullet. Tech Nine was Angelic. <laughs> Fabulous, Ghetto Fabulous, The Blueprint from Jay-Z. Aesop Rock came out with Labor Days. Immortal Technique, Revolutionary, Volume 1. Uh, Jaw Rules, Pain is Love. T.I., I'm Serious. Uh, let's see what else. We have Dilated People's Expansion Team. Uh, obviously, DMX is The Great Depression. Uh, Cannabis, See the True Hollywood Stories. Eric Sermon's Music. Jermaine Dupri came out with Instructions. Three Sick Mafia came out with Choices. Then we also had Petey Pablo's Diary of a Sinner. Um, UGK's Dirty Money. Swollen Members, Bad Dreams. Goldface Killer's Bulletproof Wallets. Mac Dre, It's Not What You Say, It's How You Say It. Bust Rhymes Genesis, Ludacris, Word of Mouth, Cypress Hill, Stoned Raiders, Nate Dogg, Music and Me, Mac 10, Banger Ball, Fat Joe, came out with Jealous One Still Envy, Outcast, came out with Outcast, Orange G, Returned Regulators, Mob Deep's Infamy, Nas, Stillmatic, Master P, Game Face, Mystical, Tarantula. 2001 was a <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that was in all of them. Those are just like the major ones. There's a lot of other right. hidden albums right. in there that are really good too. You, you, yeah. you, I mean, you said a couple of CDs that I currently still listen to. Actually, oh yeah, for for sure. <laughs> you know, I still got. Matter of fact, I got Tech Nine uh, Revolutionary Volume One in my actual in my. It's it's stuck in my CD in my player in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just buy it on damn. Oh, man, 2001, whatever. Um, <laughs> if you was a fan of hip hop in 2001, you was bootlegging everything because you couldn't afford the CD sales. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, this was Damn. much. No, 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 no. I'm talking much. I bought the album much later. Much. Later. No, I'm not talking about like if you actually bought stuff as they came out, man, you'd be broke. Fuck yeah, you would. Because CDs were like what, fifteen to twenty dollars each. Twenty bucks yeah. a piece, yeah. Were they still have? Were they did were, were cassettes still a thing in 2000? <laughs> Not to, not really two thousand one. Not really, <laughs> but yeah, that's mostly CDs. But they were fifteen but, to twenty bucks each. But I remember there used to be a bootleg dude at the corner. You get five for twenty. <laughs> yeah, you would. Hey, bootleg dude, you laugh. You laugh. I know you're serious. That's why well, it's funny. I'm laughing. Hey, look, I'm not ashamed to say that I bootlegged a lot of CDs because I'm a huge hip hop fan, and like Roger said. 2001 i couldn't have i couldn't afford it all the uh albums that came out i mean that was the year i graduated high school right i ain't even had a real job yet <laughs> <laughs> right i was i was nine <laughs> yeah, i definitely youngins. couldn't afford this stuff right i had to go to the bodega <laughs> <laughs> all right so to continue so after improving his legal situation in 2000, in, um, in 2001, uh, DMX uh, returned to the studio to complete his fourth album, The Great Depression. Uh, within its release on October of 2000, October 23rd, 2001, 
It was his fourth album to debut at number one on the Billboard 200 and included 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 singles like "Who We Be," "We Right Here," and "Shorty Was the Bomb." Despite uh, the album's triple platinum certification, its commercial and critical success was much lower than previous three albums. Now, his fifth album, "Grand Champion," oh, "Grand Champ," I'm sorry, released in September of 2003. Once again, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 charge. I'm beginning to see a pattern here. Placing uh, this DMX, man was commercial success. Right. Exactly. Placing DMX as the only musical artist in history to release five consecutive albums, his entire album catalog at the time to debut at number one. Singles released from this album was Where the Hood At and Get It On The Flow. After its release, he informed the public that he planned to retire and that Grand Champ was his final album. We're going to pause right there. We're going to talk about uh, the Great Depression real quick. Did you guys have this have this album? Uh, yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course you had. Of course you had the album. Um, one, um, definitely a, a song. Uh, uh, one, one song, obviously, Who We Be um, is very much... Because you get that, dan it, dan it, dan it, dan it, like that whole, like that, that grind. I mean, you get the, that, the lyrics to it don't speak so much truth. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. The bullshit, the drama, the guns, the armor, the city, cities, the farm, the, farm, the, baby, the baby, the mama, the mama. <laughs> and the video, the music video that goes with it with him just being in prison, speaking the truth through the bars and everything. Like it's, yeah, it was, it was basically a lyric video before the, the they coined lyric videos because like he would, like if especially if he put try to put emphasis on a certain word like that we, it would pop up on the screen you know uh like that and then we right here is another one that was very uh very telling um um and then of course he had a uh, like did you guys ever listen to the song I miss you yes, yes. we had the album the album <laughs> But I'm, what I'm saying is that did you ever like? I mean, like really like yeah. yeah the, well, the music video for it. Uh, did you ever yeah, see the music? Uh, okay, the music. Did you guys ever see watch the music video for it? I didn't watch the music video, but I heard this. I didn't even know they had a music video for yeah, it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it, I, it, I didn't either. They did. Um, basically, it was. I mean, for those of you who don't know, uh, the song "I Miss You" was basically about DMX singing a song dedicated to his grandmother, uh, Mary Ella Holloway. Um, with Faith Evans actually singing a verse which recites Amazing Grace. The verse from Faith Evans was sung to add you know, a mood to the song. And it also applied DMX was lost but now found, you know, after realizing his potential. Um, you know, like the song was, I mean, phew. like it makes you want, like it, in, the, the, in the very beginning of the song, you know, he... And again, man, so almost prophetic in a sense, you know, when he says like before the song even starts, he goes, I know that my savior lives and at the end we will stand on, he will stand on this earth. My flesh may be destroyed, yet my body. Oh, did we just lose him? Like, you know, and then he talks about, you know, his grandmother, you know, being, you know, being 10 years old, creeping in the neighbor's yard, being hard-headed. You told me I would get it. You said it. Boy, did I get it. But after you spanked me, you hugged me, kissed me on my forehead, told me that you loved me. You know, basically saying, like, boy, because his grandmother basically raised him pretty much. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, she's the one that put him in church and everything. That's why he has a... 
mm-hmm. spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, I mean, y'all remember the song "Bloodline Anthem"? I vaguely do. Uh, I think I mean I got the album. I think I've heard yeah, it a couple times. Here, but yeah. So it, it actually refers to um, the record label that DMX founded in 2000 called Bloodline Records. But the uh, the first verse, it's uh, it's pretty telling, if you ask me. He says, uh, I like my blunts, heavily ass, bitches, heavily ass, joints ready to stash, got them ready to blast, give them plenty and pass the thing off, toss that, get pulled over, we already lost that, of course, black. Like speaking the truth though, to this day, that's yep. like it, it's it's like if you listen to the lyrics off of any DMX album, he's literally in you know ninety eight ninety nine two thousand two thousand one. He's talking about shit that's still going on to this day. Yes, very prophetic. Whatever, with, with, with everything. Not prophetic. I mean, this shit has never stopped happening. Yeah, but in a sense that it is speaking, it, it, it's speaking volumes more today than it ever has before, you know. I, exactly. I mean, it. Uh, man, I don't know. I, I don't want to get off on uh, a tangent about racism or anything, but you look at it and he's talking about what it's like to be uh, a black man, in you know. 20 years ago 20 21 years ago and that shit is still happening to this day you know uh i mean just real quick one current event you know you just had the police officer who killed the the kid said she was reaching for her taser please tell me how if you've spent 20 years on the force how you can't tell the difference between a taser and, and a pistol Right. It's it's so funny because the police can't tell the difference between a gun and a sandwich, a gun or a cell phone, or a gun and a fucking uh soda can. Oh, but you can tell the difference but oh, but you, but the, the the difference between a taser and a gun fucks you up. Fuck out of here. Like I mean, I don't I don't want to go into this tangent here cuz <sighs> right. Yeah, but no, like we and the thing is what what we're saying is not all cops cuz and absolutes are not real. They don't exist. Not all cops are horrible. And, no. and I know a lot of great cops. Um, so I'll, my thing when I do speak of cops in certain ways is speaking to the ones that did the action. Not all of them in general because that's stupid. I would never assume all cops are horrible people. That's saying they're all – that's just dumb. But, yes, right. a lot of them – a lot of these guys are former high school bullies. They ain't got nothing else to do with their life. And now they get power and weapons to go patrol and undermine a community. What do you think is going to happen? Right. Yep. Yeah. And then, but and see, but see, and then they they made it, they politicized it, and made it political with you know back the blue, and they have the black and white flag with the blue line down the middle of it, what, which are then of course you put it inside of a Punisher logo and you make it oxymoronic. Well, doing that to do changing the American flag to black and gray to begin with is very oxymoronic for what they believe in if they would love the flag so much why would yes. you change it right yes. yeah so so yeah they love flags more than they love the country is what they're saying right now i did i was at i was at a gas station the other day i pulled into the gas station and you know you know each pump has two you know nozzles yeah. on each side 
Um, so I pull in at the same time this big truck pulls in. So I get out, I'm pumping my gas. The other guy gets out, he's pumping his gas. We're, you know, we're sitting, we're having a conversation. And he's got this magnet on the side of his car. And the magnet is the quote unquote Blue Lives Matter flag, the black and white flag with a blue line down in the middle of it. But it's in the center of a Punisher logo. Um, and I'm looking kind of sideways and he goes, oh, you looking at my sticker? And I said, are you looking at my magnet? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confused by it. And he goes, what's confusing about it? It's, you know, blue lives matter. You know, it's in that cool, badass, you know, skull logo. I'm like, do you know what that skull is? He goes, well, does it mean something? I'm like, dude, that's the Punisher logo, the comic book, the Punisher. He goes, oh, is he like a superhero? I'm like, no, he's an anti-hero. He fucking like kills cops. Like he he's killed police. He hates the police before. force because they couldn't save his family. He hates the fucking police, right? You know. And he was like, "Oh, he's only killing the bad cops." And I'm like, "Oh, so you don't like bad cops at all?" He goes, "Oh no, I fuck them bad cops." I'm like, "Oh, so you do agree? What do you mean you do agree? Because Black Lives Matter has been trying to get rid of the bad cops for the longest of times, but apparently you seem to have a problem with them." And he didn't say nothing to me the rest of the time. He just filled up the rest of his truck, got in his car, and left. So I'm like, "Hey, man, you know." Sorry, you can't understand the fact that, you know, like I understand that you're you've been told one thing from a political standpoint, you know, that you're supposed to b- believe that cops are this unstoppable force and that there's no bad people. But no, I mean, you got bad people everywhere. You don't have to just because you wear a badge don't mean you're a good person, you know. But yeah, well, I'm going to say I'm going to say one last thing and we're going to move on. Um, so yesterday I was going to work and. Uh, pull up to a light and the car in front of me has um, a sticker on top and it says roll tide. I'm like, ugh. so I look down to where, you know, just down at the bottom. So I don't have to look at this tag up top and on the bottom on their bumper, they have a freaking uh, sticker that has the Confederate flag on it. And right next to it says worth fighting for what what's worth fighting for, sir. The, the Confederacy who hated America tried to kill the president started a war because they couldn't own people or what What do we fight for for it to not happen again like i'm confused in this situation like that flag does not represent america you should if you love america you should never have the confederate flag at all because they are literally anti-american so right. some people just don't <laughs> see it that way like it, it doesn't make sense they literally seceded from america because they hated what America was doing, so I I just ne- I've never understood it. Never to this day, I've never understood it. Me either. Oh, uh, so another great song on the album is called is a song called "I'm a Bang." I thought that was a really cool one. Um, it was produced by it was produced by Just, just Blaze, Blaze and um, Just Blaze. Um, you know, and he was like, he's like, I'm a bang, hit the Glock, spit the flame, do my motherfucking thing. Like that whole song was just aggressive as hell. Like, I love that. So it was one of my favorite songs yes. on the whole album. Like, oh, uh, no, I, I was going to say, uh, before you went into that song, another one of my favorite songs, uh, on this album is, uh, well, I, <laughs> aside from that, it, it, it's, uh, when I'm nothing featuring Stephanie Mills. Yes. Uh, you know. Verse yeah. one, it, you know, my people say they got love for the dog, right? They holler like, what up, dog? All right. Because no matter what streets in the dog's life, and I'm a type of dog going to get all night. <clears throat> Some cats think it's a game and we're playing here. You keep thinking it's a joke. I ain't fucking playing here. Fuck around if you want. 
I leave you laying there. Like, I don't know. And the beat to it, I, I like. It's it's hard. Uh, so, it, y'all y'all remember this one? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely yes. remember that one. Yeah. One of my favorite. It's not, I mean, let me take that back. It's not one of my favorites on the album. Um, it's a great, I mean, it's great. Uh, I would say, I mean, it's probably, that's a lot. It's top five. It's top five for me, probably at five. Um, because I mean, there was so many good songs on this particular record. Um, and then we jump from that one all the way to 2003 with the album Grand Champ. Uh, again, his fifth studio album. Um, it was, and it was actually um, it was actually his final album on Def Jam yep. Records, also, um, and it was produced by Rough Rider Entertainment through Def Jam, and, the, and you know the two singles that he had was Where the Hood At and Get It on the Flow, um, which Get It on the Flow is one of my favorites by Swiss Beats, um, just that 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 beat that ding 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 that Swiss Beats like like that Swiss Beats style. Dude, it was just that, that. Like honestly, like that's one of my favorite DMX songs. Like of all the catalog, that that's one of my favorite DMX songs ever. Um, but um, what do you guys think about this record? Well, this record has uh, one an album, uh, a song produced by by our boy Kanye West, the hidden producer that nobody talked about back in the day. Exactly, the hidden producer. But, but yeah, he back then they didn't really give him credit like that though. Mm-mm. Um, but no, he produced, uh, I was just looking at it a second ago. Dogs out. Dogs out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that song a lot. Uh, where the hood at is such a power anthem. Yes. <laughs> um, where the yes, hood at, where the hood at, where the hood at. That and, and uh, X going to mm-hmm. give it to you. Yeah. Which, yeah. which ironically was a bonus track on this album. Which I thought was weird too, because yeah. I heard that song before all the other songs. Well, because it was also on the Cradle, yeah. from the Cradle to the Grave soundtrack. Actually, no, you know what I heard no. it from? Uh, Def Jam Vendetta. Oh, okay. Def Jam, yeah. 2003. Vendetta, yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> and all, yeah, and, but also Cradle to the... And also, yeah, Cradle I mean, to the Grave look, for sure. If you've never seen the movie... If you've never seen the movie Cradle to the Grave, I mean, it is... L- it's one of my favorite movies, honestly. Like him, Jet Li, um, Gabrielle Union, uh, Anthony Anderson, like amazing cast of you know characters that was in that movie. Um, and the 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 song that I remember the most from this particular one, like you remember, like X going to give it to you was the first track that you heard. But another track that also featured DMX on this on this uh, on the soundtrack was the song "Go to Sleep" featuring Eminem and Obi Trice. Yes. You yeah. guys remember that one? Yes. Love, love that one. Uh, it's like go to sleep, bitch. Like just oh shit, <laughs> you know. But yeah, that was that um, was another one. My life um, is a good one too. Uh, I also like uh, shot down with 50. 50, 50 and Styles P. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we're back with Eve and Jada Kiss was another untouchable. Good one too. Really good. This whole yeah, we go hard with Cameron's also uh, another good one too. Uh, again another fire album five albums in a row yeah and i mean just you know five albums that you could put on repeat and listen to over and over and over oh for sure you know yes yes um and then at see and, and then you you hear this you, like you we go back to get it on the floor um i find it and and, and like dmx does have a tendency to bring different you know 
lyrics like like just the lyrics in the song uh get it on the floor especially the final verse um interesting because you know of you know the beliefs that he that he holds as far as his, as far as christianity goes um he has a verse if i can go to it real quick um well, in the last part of the so what now while you do that um a little tidbit on 2003 some other banger albums that came out that year while you look, um, 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying, uh, Freeway yep. came out with Philadelphia Freeway, uh, Chopper came out straight from the NO, Fabulous came out with Street Dreams, um, Killer Mike came out with Monster, Diplomat Community came out, you know, you know, you gotta do Dipset. Dipset? Dipset? Scarface came out with Balls in My Word, Bone Crusher came out with a Tentra, you know, oh <laughs> That's I never that's still such a banger. Um, Joe Budden came out with his debut album, which was actually really good back then. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Gangstar came out with the owners. Uh, what else came out? Keith Murray came out with Heath Keith Murray. Uh, Dizzy Rascal came out on the scene. He fell off that hard. Though. I know. I miss Keith Murray so much. Uh, Th- yeah, yeah, you know it. Slim Thug and Little Kiki came out with the, the Big Unit album. State Property came out with their Chain Gang Volume Two. Ti came out with Trap Music. And Ju- yo, August twelfth was a banger. Ti came out with Trap Music, and Jewels came out with From Me to You. What? <laughs> that 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 album. I've said it before. I don't have to say it, but that's one of my favorite rap from, albums. From me to you. Oh yeah, you. Jewels. Yes, Jewels man was. Yeah, my homeboy. Shout out! Hey, shout out to my homeboy Ben Green because he was the one. Uh, uh, who burnt me a copy of uh, From Me to You? Um, and he was like, I, I, like, I'll give you five bucks. And he was like, Man, f- fuck that five bucks here. You know, like, take it, whatever. You know, because he was burning CDs for everybody. Yeah. Uh, now he's, now he's uh, like shooting music videos down in Atlanta and shit because he had to go to, he had to go to UGA and get his education. But never mind. No, shout out to you, Ben. Uh, but anyway, Young Bloods came um, out with Drinking Partners. Hold on, I'm almost done. There you go. E40 came out with Breaking News, Bubba Sparks and his Deliverance. <laughs> Hey, that's hey. That album was actually pretty good. Oh, it's actually probably his best album, to be yes. honest. Uh, Ying Yang Twins came out with "Me and My Brother," which is a really good one too. Louis uh, Twins came out with che- uh, "Cheers." Um, Outcast came out with "Speaker Box" and "Love Below." Uh, so okay, so Obi Tries and Murphy Lee both debuted their album the same time Outcast did on the same day. Ugh. Good lord. Y'all should have thought better than that. You talk about bad <laughs> time. Thought about that. Ludacris came out with Chicken and Beer. Uh, let's see. Then we have Fabulous dropped two albums that year. He dropped uh, uh, Street Dreams and More Street Dreams. Jaro Blood in My Eye. Eminem Straight from the Lab. That was a mixtape, though, wasn't it? Which one? Straight from I the Lab was, was yeah. a mixtape. Yeah. Uh, G Unit came out with Beg for Mercy. The same day Jay Z dropped the Black album. Wow. Wow. Every who we I remember Junis album dropping before I dropped the black album dropped. But I didn't like the black album much anyway, yeah. so mm-hmm. uh You're not a Jay Z fan uh, though, so Immortal Technique He's probably rocking. No, Immortal Technique came out with Revolutionary Volume Two, Swallow Members came out with Heavy. Which is which is still yes, a banger. Is. Like yeah, I man uh, Big Timers came out with Big Money Heavyweight. West Side Connection, Terrorist Threats, uh Memphis Bleak came out with Made, and then Bravehearts came out with Bravehearted. God, I miss Bravehearts. Yes. Brave that was Nas' group. 
That was Nas's yeah, group, Brave wasn't it? Brave Hearts. Doom, boom, doom, doom, yeah. doom. Yo, 2003 was also a banger year. Yeah. Ooh, I can't. I feel bad for Obi Trice yeah. <laughs> dropping his album the same day Outkast did. Man, man. Poor yeah. guy. I, mean, I ain't heard shit from Obi Trice since then. Um, I mean, he was in Slaughterhouse, wasn't he? No. No, no. no. Royce was, but no. not him. Yeah, yeah. that's what. It, it was, was not uh, Obi. I don't even know Obi. Is Obi doing anything uh, right now? Um, <laughs> we should do a where he did now mean, episode when we try. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Didn't Obi Trice and uh, Game create blood money together? Uh, he came up with Black Market Entertainment. His name actually is Obi Trice. Yeah. Like his street legal name. Obi Trice, real name, I no mean, gimmicks. Yeah, Obi Trice the third. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I guess it wasn't. I mean, you can get away with it. <laughs> um, so the last thing that came out was about him was June tenth, twenty twenty. Um, his car was shot uh, six times. He got hit in the head when he was able to drive off. Um, there's literally no actual stuff on him. Damn. Oh, he got caught with a gun charge, so he's probably in jail right now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so we go from there uh, to 2005. Well, hold on, hold on. Before we, uh, before we, before we oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I want to talk about the uh, the 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 song "Shot Down" because uh, it's one of my fi- favorite fifty uh, verses. verses. Yeah. Uh, because he talks about the the killing of uh Jam Master J in this, and he says, uh, "I be that youngin with the gun that's telling you to stop fronting. I be that youngin on the run after I pop something in the Bible. I read death is of the tongue, and if you talk about death enough, death is gonna come. Jay taught me how to flow. They shot him in the head. Randy ass was there. Now he running scared. Some say I'm gangster. Some say I'm crazy. If you ask me, I'll say." I'm what the hood made me, uh, you know, right. and what a lot of people don't realize is Jam Master J was actually 50's mentor, uh, and uh, the Randy that he's talking about is Randy Allen, who was a close friend to uh, Jam Master J, and uh, speculation is that he was actually involved in Jam Master J's murder. Yeah. Oh, wow. So... You know, this like he he's basically calling dude out like you was there and now you running scared. So but yeah, this is probably one of my favorite like fifty uh verses that's not on a fifty album. Right. Um the song that I was looking up earlier, get it on the floor. Um this I mean i found this this is probably the <clears throat> the the a weird uh lyric. Um, it was at the end of the third verse where he says, uh, to make moves again, stomp and bruise again. I know I'm going to hell cause I choose to sin all my motherfucking life. I've been a devil's advocate. Y'all brothers never even knew the devil had a kid, but he does. And when you hear the buzz of the chainsaw, you'll know what I, you'll know why I spilt your motherfucking brains for it. Like, okay, wait a second. You just said in this song, I know I'm going to hell cause I choose to sin. And then... Let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 tracks later, you go, let us pray. 
you know, so is this another one of those things where it's like, is it is he is he letting the, the music speak through him in that sense, or is it more like, you know, is this is what he's feeling at the time that he's writing this? I mean, it's probably just what he's feeling at the time that he's writing this. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. You know, but, but I think in the law was like, well, why would he say that? He, he believes in God. Why would he say that? Okay, <laughs> you know, but I don't know. Oh, that's all was interesting. No, but anyway, so in two, oh, go ahead. Sean, I, go. I, I, I mean, it is interesting, you know. Yeah. But people um, are gonna, you know, pick it apart and, you know, run it towards their agenda anyway. Right. So, DMX signed to Columbia Records in January of two thousand and six, and that is when he recorded his next album, which was Year of the Dog, again. Uh, while switching record labels, um, which, because, you know, it caused numerous delays in the actual album. Uh, it was released on August 1st of 2006 and missed the number one billboard spot by only a hundred, a few hundred copies. Uh, he released two more singles, which was Lord Give Me a Sign and We Right Here. Um, and then that's when, in 2008, Def Jam Recordings, uh, released a compilation of his greatest hits called The Definition of X, The Pick of the Litter. Um, but, so, but, but before we continue on with that one, um, do you guys remember the album Year of yeah. the Dog? Yeah. Again. Lord, Lord give me a sign. It's a honestly, banger. Yeah. 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 I remember we right here. I mean, that was that was the one that I remember. Uh, um, another one, uh, Come Through Move. Featuring Swizz Beats and Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. His personal yes. was Jada yeah. Kiss and Styles P. Yeah. I was fixing I was fix, I was fixing we to say that here. one. Uh, I mean this album's yeah. doing really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Give them what they want, uh, which was produced by Scott Storch. Um, he had like three songs by Scott Storch in this one, I think. Uh yeah. yeah. He was Lord Give Me a Fine. Yeah. Uh, give them what they want. And uh That might be it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. He had a lot with Swiss Beats <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah, you know, like, look, yeah, because I mean, it was, um, I mean, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good it's album. Good. Um, it was almost like it's an underrated album to like, you know, yeah. Um, now at Metacritic, the album score actually a 60 out of 10. And they said that it was mixed to average reviews. Double XL gave it an L uh, score equivalent to three stars out of five. And it stated, this is Double XL saying this, it says, clearly X's poetic touch remains intact, but Year of the Dog relies too heavily on nostalgia, ignoring now, uh, ignoring how hip-hop and DMX himself has changed over the years. Lyrically, the project sounds as if the dog had been living in isolation for years rarely shifting from his trademark style sadly if x doesn't learn any new tricks things might never be the same again so that's very interesting the way that he the way that um it was said in double xl where he says lyrically the project sounds as if the dog has been living in isolation for years Rarely shifting from his trademark style. Why would he? Why would he I'm switch sorry, from that? But yeah, why would you? Why would you? I mean, it's the old saying, you know. Why would you fix something that isn't why, broke? I mean, like, obviously, his idea. Why would I switch from something that had five number one albums all platinum? Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Like you literally had five, five fucking albums that debuted, not rose to, debuted number one on the Billboard 200. No other artist, no other hip hop artist can make that distinction. Went platinum. Yeah, right. They all went fucking platinum. But yet, X takes three years off. He comes back with You're the Dog. And you lambast him by saying, sadly, if X doesn't learn any new tricks, things might never be the same again. Like, really, bro? Like, no. I mean, can we? Okay. Aside from, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of good songs on this particular record. Now, did he have the hits that he had on previous records aside from, you know, We In Here and um, Lord Give Me A Sign? Probably not. I mean, there was the other albums had more singles, obviously, and probably a little bit better lyrically or whatever. And, I mean, because this was 2006, I don't think people were tired or sick of um dmx around this time i don't think you i don't think they no, would they should wait for the album to come out right you know i mean hell the song debuted at number two on the billboard 200 charts and number one on the rap chart selling 125,000 copies and it's dmx's first album that did not debut at number one <clears throat> so if this is your sixth album and it's the only one that hasn't made it, who, who who didn't debut at number one. What the fuck does that tell you? I mean, but nobody else sometimes don't know what the fuck they talk no, about. The landscape had changed because this is when the dance music shit started taking off. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, because this was two thousand six, so, so we were right dabbing. It was right in the middle of the crunk era. It was right in the middle of, you know, the Houston hip-hop scene had come, had come up. The Midwest was starting to get a little bit more notoriety at that Midwest point. Midwest moving, such and such is doing... <laughs> such and such doing his numbers. And I'll see him stop moving. Uh, but no, no, it's... I mean, the landscape was changing at this point, but, I mean, they still had old-school hitters at this point. I mean, Mob Deep was still making stuff. Cameron was still doing stuff. Um... Ice Cube came up with Laugh Now, Cry Later. Uh, Buster Rhymes doing The Big Bang, which is actually a really great album. Um, Dog Pound was coming out. Jurassic 5 came back, did an album. Uh, I mean... Love Jurassic. Love Jurassic. Yeah, I mean... Did Boys released the album this year? Yeah, uh, I mean, Swell of Members was still... Swell of Members was doing an album every year freaking DMX was. Was he producing with them at the same time? Ludacris so. came out with at least Therapy. Juvenile Fiasco, came out with Reality Check. Which is probably his best album. I love that album so yeah. much. Lloyd Banks had, came out. Yeah, T.I. had King. Bubba Sparks had The Charm. LL Cool J dropped an album. The Gang came out with Doctor's Advocate. You uh, know, Gnarls Barkley. Mob Deep. Cottonmouth Kings. Cameron. Tech all, Nine. All dropped albums. Fat uh, Joe. Like... Like it literally was. Clips came out with their second album. Jeezy, Nas came out with Hip Hop Is Dead. Like Young DMX, like DMX still fit in during this time. Yeah, you know, and and like you said, Talon, uh, for him to 
release this album sixth album and it debuted at number two how how do you consider that a, a flop because i mean nobody else debut what was the number one album that year on the the billboard top 200 i'm trying i'm looking it up right now i'm on billboard.com and it says the week of it says the week of august 5th 2006 i guess because they was revert back um Matter of fact, hold on, yeah, because it, it okay, if it debuted said, uh, then <clears throat> top was it the top? It's just the top one, the top song in general. They do all albums, right, or the top album in general, right? Yeah, they do the top album. Uh, but yeah. Rick Ross also released Port of Miami this year. Method Man released an album. Obi Trice released Second Rounds on Me on Shady. Uh, Lupe Fiasco dropped an album. Lloyd Banks dropped an album. Birdman and Lil Wayne dropped like Father Like Son. Tech Nine dropped uh Ever Ready. Jim Jones released uh Hustlers. Yeah, Hustlers product of my environment. Um when did when did that uh what did it say that album dropped for DMX? When? August first. Um August 1st, so, 2006. So now 22. So he lost to a freaking compilation album. Okay, so no single artist had a better debut than him. But man, get the fuck out of here. The, the the only the only thing, the only other artist that I've seen, and this, this is going in order, okay? So this is going in order. From now 22 to DMX, uh, Sacred by the Lost Lonely Boys, if you're gonna go through hell by Rodney Atkins, Saint Elsewhere by Nars Barkley, the High School Musical soundtrack, Me and My Gang by Rascal Flatts, Loose by Nelly Furtado, um, A Girl Like Me, Rihanna, uh, Taking the Long Road by the Dixie, the Dixie Chicks, uh, CP, uh, I'm sorry, uh, PCD by the Pussycat Dolls, All the Right Reasons by Nickelback, uh, New Jock City by Young Jock, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out by Panic at the Disco, uh, Pimpolation by Pimp C. Um, rest in peace. Um, Stadium Arcadium by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, you're just looking at um, all the songs that came out in that year. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, during the week, like the week of uh, that. So, like. Well, Stadium Arcadium. So, okay, came out in May. I'm literally looking at the, the August, okay. the, August, the weeks of August. It was now 22. Oh. Um, now 22 is from July 29th to August 12th. August 12th, Latoya. Okay. August 19th was now 22. Then August 26th, Port of Miami. So only two, only one hip hop album actually surpassed now 22. Um, and only two albums in general surpassed now 22, which was a compilation album, which is fucking cheating. Yep. <laughs> right. So the compilation album. So if it literally was not for that compilation album, it would have debuted at number one. Right. So, in 2011, Def Jam released yet another compilation album called The Best of DMX, which features a hit single, Where the Hood At, and X Gonna Give It To You. And in 2009, DMX claimed that he would pursue preaching in Jersey City, New Jersey, as well as continue to produce music. He completed a gospel music album prior to his incarceration, and according to MTV, he had semi-retired to study the Bible more in an effort to give messages behind the pulpit. This is when he was kind of transitioning into life after music, if you will. Um, and then 
the album uh see, let me look back i mean and some mixtapes came out um a little uh, a little bit i think um the way in was a, a remix that came out um but then there was the album um uh, undisputed that came out in the year 2012 six years later um, and it was the seventh and final studio album that he recorded, and it was released on September 11th of 2012. Um, do you guys remember this album? Yes, I actually was ready for it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, what songs do you remember specifically from it? Uh, uh, from this one? Uh, I, I Don't Dance uh, featuring MGK, Cold World featuring uh, Andrina Mill. Uh, yeah. Slipping again, it was like a it was like a continuation. But yeah, slipping again was another one. Uh, for me, it's uh, I'm back. Um, yep. Then you have uh, oh, what's the name of the other? I'm about to look it up real quick. But there was another one. Uh, Get your money up. Yep. Those are the two I remember off the top of my head. I I gotta look it up again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cold World was was a real good one. I thought I thought they was gonna. Um, I think I don't dance and heads up were head up was the two uh, singles that came from uh, this particular album. Um, Guys, it came out two thousand twelve. Uh, like, so what now? Like I actually remember when it's dropped. Like I don't, I don't can't believe it's been nine years, pretty much already. I know it's crazy. Right. Um, interesting. Interestingly enough, about this particular record. Um, it says on October 11th of 2011, DMX performed at the 2011 BET Hip Hop Awards. He stated that he has been working nonstop every day on the new album and plans to release it before December of 2012. Um, during the performance in New York's um, Santo Party House on, on Christmas of 2011, DMX stated that the new album will be entitled Undisputed and would be released on March 26th of 2012. This was later confirmed by DMX via his own Twitter account, where he also confirmed that the first single is scheduled to be released in January of 2012. A video for the new track, entitled Last Hope, was released via the internet on September 24, 2011. This was later released on the Way In EP and omitted from the final release of Undisputed. Now, Seven Arts Entertainment Incorporated released, purchased David uh, Macquarie Music Assist assets, I'm sorry, which included some of DMX's music. DMX, uh, DMX has uh, announced that Undisputed will be released on March 27th of 2012. However, it was later revealed that DMX did not plan to release the album on that date and that that date was one fourth upon him by the record label. The release date for the album was set to be January 26 of 2012. However, DMX announced in Detroit, Michigan on June 9th of 2012 that due to the record label, the date will be pushed back yet again. It was then scheduled for release on August 28th. Later, officials released it, officials released from the label pushed back the date to September 11th. He donated the album's first week's sales to victims of the September 11th attacks. The album featured only a only one male um, guest appearance by rapper MGK. The album was supposed to have features by Sean Kingston, Tyrese, and Busta Rhymes, but none of these artists were featured in the final cut of the record. That one's interesting to me. 
Like, I mean, Busta, Sean Kingston, Tyrese, I mean, this is 2012. I mean, both every, you know, these are artists that have been around for a minute, you know, so, um, you know, like we figured, you know, get, you know, cause I mean, it obviously X doesn't have a problem with be, having, you know, features, you know, so what was it about this particular album that they didn't have in other than MGK? Like why no other features? You know what I mean? Uh, maybe he just wanted to get, uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, he just wanted to get his shit out there. Right. You know. uh, which I mean, he's done some more, which I mean, he's done some work with, MGK, I remember the song um, yes. "Demons" by uh, MG. Yeah, that's that 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 that's probably one of my favorite MGK songs right there. Uh, yeah, have DMX. you heard that one, Raj? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't really like it. <laughs> You're not a big fan of MGK, yeah, though, like right? Yeah, yeah I'm not a fan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not a fan of. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I like. I finally found a song I like by him. So I mean, I've I've tried to give him listens. It's a terrible song too. I like it. I don't what know, demons? No, no. Oh, daywalkers. Daywalkers. Hmm. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, um, so. In 2013, DMX announced that he had begun working on his eighth studio album. He collaborated with producers Swiss Beats and Dane Grease. In December, after regaining uh, his passport, he embarked on a world tour performing in Bulgaria and Kosovo. On January 7th of 2015, Seven Arts Music announced that DMX would be releasing Redemption of the Beast, the following week, however, close personal friend and recruiting uh, collaborator, producer, rapper, entrepreneur, Swiss Beats, and DMX's management confirmed that that date was false. And that on January 13th, uh, Seven Arts Music released Redemption of the Beast without, adequate, without acquiring the legal artist contract. On January 15th, it was announced by DMX's brother manager Montana that DMX was no longer signed to Seven Arts Music and that they would be taking legal action against them for the unauthorized release of uh, Redemption of the Beast. Basically, this is a record company saying, well, we still own the rights to your music, so we're going to do it anyway. We don't need your permission. I mean, technically, but then again, it's not the most ethical thing to do to somebody you know what do you what do you, what, do you, what do you guys think about this one oh uh, so i this album itself was a compilation album of all unreleased songs uh and i right. i don't remember this album personally i've never i've either. never listened to it i don't it. remember it <clears throat> Yeah. Um, so, according to matter of fact, let me go through back to this point real quick. Excuse me. Um, it says that where it says here on like what I just said on January thirteenth, uh, Seven Arts Music released the album. Two days later, it was announced by DMX's brother and manager Montana that DMX was no longer signed, and that they would be taking legal action. And he states the following: He goes, Seven Arts Entertainment had no right to put out a new album. The only contact DMX had was for undisputed. I'm sorry, the only contract, I apologize, D 
DMX had was for Undisputed, and that came out two years ago. We do not have a contract with them to release another album. You cannot just put somebody's album out without permission. X only had a contract with them for one album, and that album already came out a long time ago. If we wanted to come out with another album, they would have come to the table. That's why we went to Cease and Desist Letter. Some of the songs are uh, are from the Undisputed album, and there's three e extra songs that he recorded that were not on the Undisputed album that they just put on the album. That's what they did. We don't even know where he got the picture on the cover. It boils down to they have no right to whip out a new album. His contract was over. He gave them the first album. The owner called me, said he stuck you know, with a couple of albums. He wanted to push them out. He needed help, so he had to sit on the table. Sit at the table with us, and he never did that. He decided to take it upon himself to do whatever the fuck he wanted. He was supposed to take care of some business with me, and he took up took it upon himself not to do that. So he's going to have a lot of problems if he does. He's already got problems, according to, to DMX's uh, manager. Oh wow! So, so there's a statement. So yeah. It's crazy, uh, though, that a record label can actually do that, you know? I mean, if you sign a contract, they, they can do that, but... Right, but if you sign for one album, yeah, I mean... <laughs> uh, so, yeah. uh, also around this time, longtime collaborator Swiss Beats stated that the that two of the collaborators on the new album would be Kanye West and Dr. Dre, and his 2003 song, It's Gonna Give It To You, was featured in the 2016 film Deadpool uh, and in all yep. of its trailers. On June 28th, 2016, uh, DMX released a new song titled Blood Red uh, that was produced by Divine Bars. Did you guys hear this one? No, I don't, I don't think, think I did, I did either. either. Yeah, I, I don't remember this one. I'm going to have to go back in and... Uh, listen to that to it, yeah yeah Send uh, it to the group. <laughs> but then on january 11th 2017 x released a new song produced by swiss beats titled bane is back uh and then on september 20th uh, 2019 dmx signed a new record deal with def jam recordings reuniting the label reuniting with the label for the first time since his 03 album grand champ um uh, so yeah, that uh, that's that's yeah. pretty much his whole his whole catalog. That's right it there. Um, yeah, and of course we, you know, of course everybody knows about his legal troubles. Uh, DMX was, uh, he was in prison thirty times uh, for various offenses: uh, robbery, assault, carjacking, um, animal cruelty, reckless driving, driving under the influence, unlicensed driving, drug possession, probation violation, failure to pay child support. <laughs> Tax evasion and pretending to be a federal agent. I actually remember the last one because it was at the airport. Yep. Yeah, that was the airport. But yeah, it got so bad that there was actually a website called isdmxinjail.com. No, no shit. shit. No shit. Damn. I actually That's found out crazy. about that on another podcast I used to listen to back in the day. Back it in the day. Anymore, which is very sad to me. Right. What, what was uh, it was it? a super best friends podcast, but they broke up in the group like three years ago, and it still hurts my heart. 
but they used to talk about it on their podcast every week. They're like, let's check right. to see if DMX is in jail right now. Yep. And they visit the website. We're now the new. We're now the two new uh, super best friends. Oh, yeah! <laughs> one day, one day, yeah. uh, one day. So real quick, um, DMX is ahead. actually the father of fifteen children from my, nine different women. Good Damn. lord! Uh, <laughs> the alimony, though. Yeah. Has it, have you never heard of a prophylactic? Uh, so he married <laughs> his childhood friend, Tashara Simmons, in 1999. They were married for 11 years. They had four children together. Xavier, Tacoma, Sean, and Praise Mary Ella. Uh, in July of 2010, after his first of three incarcerations that year, Tashara announced their separation, and they remained friends. Although in 2016, Tashara accused DMX of missing his $10,000 a month child support payment. I, I don't know... Um, why I ten thousand dollars a month? That's a lot of money. Now, now you got four kids, but that's a hell of a lot of money. I mean, I got four kids and I don't have ten grand a month. So we still make it, so yeah. Um, now, you're trying to make ten grand a month. I mean, shit, I know. <laughs> so, <clears throat> uh, DMX had extramarital affairs during his marriage to Tashara, some of which produced children. He had a daughter, Sasha. Uh, with a lady named Patrice Treo in 2012. Uh, Treo sued DMX for $1 million in unpaid child support. The case was settled in 2013. Uh, DMX and Monica Wayne, a Maryland resident, fought over her claim that he was the father of her son born in 04. She sued him for defamation and for child support. And after genetic testing proved that DMX was indeed the father, in January 2018, he was ordered to pay Wayne $1.5 million, but a judge vacated the judgment in May of 08. Uh, he also he also wow. fathered a child in 08 and fathered two children with ex-girlfriend Yajira Borrega. In 2009, his daughter Sonova Jr. was born, and in 2011, his daughter Aaliyah, who is named after his close friend who died, Aaliyah, was born. His 15th child, Exodus Simmons, was born to his fiancée, Desiree Lindstrom, on August 16th, 2016. Wow. That's a lot of motherfucking kids. Yeah, it is. He does know that there's selective surgery that can make sure you don't have well, kids anymore. He can't have kids anymore. Or, or prophylactics, you know. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know if you know he can't have kids no more. Yeah. I, I mean, hold on. It depends. He, he he might be able to still have kids. It depends on if he donated to a, a sperm bank or not. Yeah, there we don't know go. that for sure, yeah. but I doubt he did. Maybe. Uh, I mean, with all that alimony, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of money to pay for child support. But I mean, DMX actually earned $2.3 million from his songs between the years 2010 and 2015. He also filed for bankruptcy three times. Yeah, for all His first time, well, his first time filing was in July of 2013, citing his child support obligations was his uh, priority claim. Filing as 
Fallon, the Fallon was changed by the United States trustee uh, program and was dismissed by the United States bankruptcy court in Manhattan in, in November of 2013. That's stupid. So there you go. I mean, if I was having to pay out $10,000 a month for child support, I'd be fucking broke too. So, yeah. like, uh, child support laws are so skewed sometimes. Mm hmm. Oh. Uh, yeah. So we, we know about his feud with Jay-Z, uh, but real quick, we'll touch on his feud with Ja Rule. So during the 90s, DMX formed a close <laughs> bond with fellow up-and-coming rappers Jay-Z and Ja Rule. The three collaborated many times and formed a group known as Murder, Inc. I touched on that. It's murder. Uh, the group was short-lived due to internal issues between DMX and Jay-Z. After the breakup of Murder, Inc., DMX disparaged Ja Rule in interviews, accusing him of being a copycat, drawing comparisons between himself and what he saw as Ja stealing his signature gruff style of delivery. I can kind of see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he wanted to be um, DMX pretty bad because, I mean, his albums were not popping like that. Mm-mm. So, uh, X released a diss track, They Want War. On a 2002 DJ K Slay mixtape, ja K Slay, K Slay, K Slay. Yeah, Ja Rule never directly responded. As time passed and the feud faded into obscurity, DMX six DMX said he wanted to officially bring it to an end when he was released from prison in 05. Gotti, uh, Gotti came to get me in jail and said, "I want to make peace with you and him." I was like, "All right, Gotti, let's do it." Despite this, DMX and Ja Rule did not officially end their feud until 2009 at VH1's Hip Hop Honors. Yep. Oh, wow. Um, and then we know all about his legal troubles 30 times between the uh, years of 86 and 2019. He was in and out of jail. Um, and then, um, so we'll talk about his health issues and his death real quick. We've touched on his life. Um, so uh, DMX said that he became addicted to crack cocaine at the age of 14 after Reddy Ron tricked him into smoking a marijuana cigarette that was laced with cocaine. He also said that he had bipolar disorder. Uh, he entered drug rehabilitation seven several times, including in 2002, 2017, and 2019 uh, when he canceled concerts. In February of 2016, uh, DMX was found unresponsive in a Ramada Inn parking lot in Yonkers, New York. He was resuscitated by first responders and intravenously given Narcan, an opioid reversal drug. He responded quickly to Narcan and became semi-conscious. Uh, he subsequently was rushed to a hospital. A witness said that he ingested some type of substance before challenge or before collapsing. Uh, however, police found no illegal substances on the property. Simmons stated that it was from an asthma attack. And then on April 20 or April 2nd, 2021, at approximately 11 p.m., DMX was rushed to White Plains Hospital, where he was reported to be in critical condition following a heart attack at his home, possibly resulting from drug overdose. The next day, his attorney... Murray Richmond confirmed that Simmons was on life support. That same night, he suffered a cerebral hypoxia, which is oxygen, oxygen deprivation to his brain. As paramedics attempted to resuscitate him, uh, 
for 30 minutes. Simmons' former manager, Nakia Walker, said that he was in a vegetative state with lung and brain failure and no current brain activity. His current manager, Stephen Rifkin, stated that Simmons was comatose and that he was set to undergo tests to determine his brain functionality and his family will determine what was the best course of action from there. On the morning of April right. 9th, 2021, Earl Simmons lost functionality in multiple essential organs, such as his liver, kidney, and lungs, and was pronounced dead at, shortly after that. Um, yeah. Upon his death, the ringer wrote, throughout his nearly three-decade career, DMX came to embody passion, rawness, and pure emotional honesty like few hip-hop artists ever have. Barking his way through hits like Rough Riders Anthems and Get At Me Dog, one moment and representing and philosophizing or repenting and philosophizing on tracks like Slip in the Next. He was a decidedly anti-commercial yeah, he was a decidedly anti-commercial approach, but it worked and it made him the genre's first new superstar in the wake of the killings of Tupac Shakira and the Notorious B.I.G. To this day, few have been able to reach the heights he did. He's the only rapper to have five his first five studio albums debut at number one and was the first living hip-hop artist to have two projects go platinum in the same year. Various celebrities paid tribute through outlets like social media, including former NFL star Tori Smith, LeBron James, Shaquille O'Neal, Gabrielle Union, who co-starred with him in the film Cradle to the Grave, along with Jet Li, who also paid tribute, Swiss Beats, who DMX collaborated with, including the hit single Rough Riders Anthem, Eve and Missy Elliott, and several others. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you guys do you guys remember, um, I guess, I because mean, it's always that same thing, like, well, where were you when you heard the news, and like, where were you guys when you when you first, I mean, obviously social media, because social media is everywhere now, um, it, 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 when it, when 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 you hear like what I said earlier, when you hear that DMX died, that's not something that you believe. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like DMX can't die, you know. But you know, like, I don't know. How did you? How, I mean, what were you guys feeling like when you heard of the like? Okay, this is legit. Like he's passed on. Like what? What was the? What was I the was feeling? At, I think I was at work. Yeah, I was at work, and uh, somebody had actually I flipped on Facebook and somebody had uh, posted a RIP DMX deal. Well, somebody like a couple of days before I did it and I looked it up to be sure and they're like, oh, it's not true. So yep. like, well, maybe somebody's behind. So I looked it up again and I was like, oh, oh, this is real. Like, real, yeah. real. Yeah. And uh, I knew that I knew that he was in a vegetative state, you know, and I was like, nah, he'll, he'll, he'll come out of this. You know, this isn't the first time that he's you know, had something like this happen, he'll be okay. And unfortunately, it, it didn't work. It didn't work out that way. No, yeah, I, I was, uh, I was kind of uh, like shocked and in disbelief um, when I, you know, read it. And then, um, you know, I sent a when I, when I found out that it was real, I sent a thing to the the group chat and was like, "Hey, y'all, you know, DMX just passed away." Um, and, you know, we had a short conversation about it, but, you know, I mean, it still, it, it honestly, it still doesn't feel real. Uh, 
And I guess, you know, for the simple fact that we could put on his music and still listen to it, it's like he's still here with us. Yeah. So. Absolutely. The yeah, fact absolutely. that we, like, know like, um, the lyrics by heart pretty much at this point. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, yeah. he, he really was, like, the next big superstar after Big and Tupac. Like, he literally was at the top for so long. And everything he did was amazing. Like, like five, the first five were like number one and immediately platinum. And then, I mean, his sixth one would have been number six, but stupid call, uh, clap videos or compilation videos. Yep. You know, and I really think that, and a lot of people were talking about, you know, when he transitioned over into doing movies as well like i mean he had belly romeo must die exit wounds cradle to the grave never die alone like i mean a lot of people were saying back then like yo dms can be like the next big like action star you know like you know because he had that he had that street background he had that ability you know um you know and he could contribute you know lyrically like through soundtracks and things of that nature you know for different you know things and uh um, you know, he was nominated for a lot of different awards, um, uh, the Grammys. Uh, ironically enough, as many times as he's been nominated for like MTV music videos, stuff like that, he's only won one yeah, award. MTV um, yeah, but he's really only won what like he won an American Music Award for favorite rap uh, hip hop artist, uh, and that was in the year 2000. Um, so yeah, so he, I mean, this was yeah, it was around that time that was after winning, and then there was X. Uh, came out um so what are your because i know we're running a little bit low on time right now um any final thoughts that you guys would like to say about maybe maybe a you know a memory a story of you know maybe like the first time you heard it or a certain time that you heard it or anything like that like do you guys remember like what are your like what's your final like what are you going to most remember dmx for i mean he was just I mean, that video of where he's performing, I think in like Africa, I think we've all seen a video. There's like a hundred thousand people just singing his music. He doesn't even have to sing it. They're singing it for yeah. him. Like that's the power that man had. Yep. Yeah. It's insane. And, and the, aside from all of his legal troubles and all of that, the fact that he was able through music to bring a, uh, a ton of people to God you know, through his, his ministry, then, uh, that's what will live on forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, like I was, you know, I, I was a big fan of X. Um, I, I remember he was, he was one of the main ones that I listened to in like middle school growing up, like middle school, like early, early high school. Um, you know, it was one of those, it's it like, he was one that's like, I don't mind like playing this loudly, you know what I mean? Because it's like, it made you want to like a, a lot of the songs that he like, especially like X going to give it to you, you know, songs like that. Like it, it made you, it made like, he made music for you, like, like, like motivating you in, in so in, in such a way, like, like I can like pick a song, like any song, like I can listen to, you know, like who we be or, you know, all these other, like, and then like you listen to it in the gym and you can like, 
visualize like you know different things like i mean it's just um i'll ask you guys this question too what's your favorite album by dmx oh man that's that's hard because that's hard i, I mean I, he, he released seven albums and i believe he released seven classics right you know maybe right. maybe undisputed if you if you look at it maybe that's his weakest album but it's still a banger yeah right especially after so many years right. of him not releasing something too yeah um right i don't know man. it's hard to say on what uh yeah uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and just throw mine out there then um i say for me personally i feel like the great depression was one of was one of the best that he's ever done um followed very very closely by and then there was x um like those two albums for me are like two of my favorite albums by him and i love flesh of my flesh and blood of my blood and is dark and hell is hot like very very like essential to the hip-hop game you know and, and DM, dmx's contribution to the genre um but i don't know i just i just love those two albums you know it's hard for me to yeah i i mm. yeah that, that it's that's that's hard because i can i can literally put like every dmx album in rotation and not skip a song right <clears throat> right even the skit even the skits yeah. are funny and good you know what i mean <laughs> so um so yeah that being said uh thank you guys so much for i'm sorry go ahead roger you gonna no. say something <laughs> okay I, I thought you no i heard i heard i thought you were gonna say something i know i was just i was trying um, to stifle a sneeze <clears throat> oh okay <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning into this episode of um movement radio it, which it kind of turned into a hip-hop retrospective of dmx but it's the life and times of mr earl simmons and um you know wherever you are in this universe um you know, we, we will continue to pray for your family and uh, we will certainly see you on the other side. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Again, we kind of like what we did with the with the Kobe Bryant episode and with the Sin, Sid Haig episode. We we don't want to it's, it's not a mourning of someone's death. It's a celebration of their life, you know, and DMX definitely had a life and a career that's worth celebrating. Um and we hope that you guys enjoyed us uh, going down the trip down memory lane and a trip down, uh, you know, his influence in the world of hip hop. And hopefully it can still be, um, hopefully his influence can still be present in hip hop moving forward. Um, Chip, Roger, anything you guys want to say before we get out of here tonight? Um, as always, um, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. New merch coming soon very very soon uh working on that as we speak um also if you happen to be listening to this on apple podcast please leave us a five-star review it does nothing for us but it helps get the podcast out to a broader audience with the apple algorithm yes um anything from the patreon channel this upcoming week roger um do we have anything this week for the patreon uh yeah this week will actually be uh Rap albums that deserve classic status part two. That's right. That's right. 
which was a really good one. I mean, yes. Ugh, I'm like, as we talked about in the episode, still don't understand how some of these weren't considered classics to begin with. Like, I just don't get it. Uh, yeah, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, a couple of shout outs real quick before we go. Shout out to Sean Thompson, Thompson Personal Training. Shout out to uh, Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversation Podcast. Shout out to Ivan Montanez over on twitch.com slash unleashed. Twitch.tv. Thank you guys for twitch.tv. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for all the love and support you guys have given us. And once again, rest in peace, Earl Simmons, a.k.a. Darkman X, a.k.a. DMX. Rest in peace. We will see you on the other side. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, click that bell to get notified of our latest videos, patreon.com, movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.